about presbyteries, about how how good and kind the Lord has been to us in our ministry. When you think about the the messages, the teachings, the anointing of the Spirit, the graces of God, and how God is is using all these things to bring us closer and draw us closer to Him. You cannot but appreciate the privilege of being in a ministry like this because no man can take this honor upon himself. It has to be given him. It has to be to be to be given and and, and sometimes it's not what we do. Is all because of his grace, all because of his mercy. And we we always must remind ourselves of that goodness because we are living in a time where the word of God is peddled, the word of God is deconcentrated, the word of God is delivered in such a way that you know, like what Jesus says, he says, you are of your father the devil and you speak what your father speaks for. He is a liar. And we have turned the word of God into a lie. And to, to be graced by God to deliver his word without assumptions, human opinions, but through the agency of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a grace that we must always hold on to. And I believe that the Lord wants to throw us into the deep end of his presence. And, you know, surely and steadily he's pulling us deeper and deeper into into reality and our own our desire you know my desire for you is that you you may cultivate a hunger to seek after Jesus and to find him to find him to understand his purpose to understand his plan to understand his desires for us and the only way you know Isaiah said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting in the Lord is the key. And we must, we must constantly fight off the, the distractions that seek to sway us from what is true and what is real. And we were praying now and God spoke to me. And, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I want to share with you what the Lord said and explain to you certain things and then we will go home. Uh, Amos chapter 3. Thank you, Jesus. 
كلام alright uh, let's read verse number from verse number six if a trumpet is blown in a city will not the people be afraid if there is calamity in the city will not the Lord have done it stranger surely verse 7 surely surely notice notice the calamity in the city is preceded by the trumpet that's been blown so when it comes it's not a surprise when calamity comes it's not a surprise because the trumpet has already been blown so verse 7 says surely the Lord God does nothing does nothing look look at that he says does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants the prophets he says he does nothing think about this that there is nothing in the disposition of God that he carries out without finding a servant or his servants to reveal this thing to them. Isn't it strange that God would 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 hinge his purposes, his plans, his transactions in the earth to a man? Is unless he reveals his secret. To his servants the prophets that the unfolding of God's plan must bypass through a prophet for it to be established and to, for it to be seen here on earth it's strange that God would limit I mean would, would allow himself he's sovereign yet in his sovereignty he allows himself sort of like to limit himself that he will not do anything except he communicates it to his prophet. Why? There must be a reason. That God, you are powerful. Why do you need a servant? Why do you need a prophet? You are, you are God. Why do you need a man to justify what you want to do? So we must ask ourselves, why is this thing so? The answer is right here. A lioness roared. <laughs> Who will not fear? Do you see that? The roaring of, of a lion triggers a response, triggers a reaction. The context. So he's telling us that when calamity comes, it is because the trumpet has already been blown. When a man fears, it's because the lion has roared. So it seems as though the prophets to which God desires to reveal these things are, are sort of like instruments by which God provokes a reaction from people. And not only from people, but from creation. And then he says the strongest thing of all. Listen, 
the Lord God has spoken who can but prophesy do you see that we you only prophesy because God has spoken so the that 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 the ability to prophesy exists within the framework of humanity tells us that God speaks so the prophesying is a reflection of what God has already said so he needs a prophet because except the prophet sounds what the Lord says man will not hear or may not hear what God has planned so God is a just God he always gives us opportunities to react so the prophet becomes now God's mouthpiece God's instrument of establishment the Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So if God has spoken, prophecy must be the result. Can you see that? Prophecy of what? Of his secret. Of his plans. Of his purposes. Of what he wants to establish. The Lord has spoken. Notice he has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So if God speaks, he wants someone to prophesy. You see that? If he speaks, he desires that there be somebody who echoes his voice. So we can say that prophecy is the echoing of God's voice. Taking what God is saying and transmitting it into the natural, into the physical, into the plane where man can One last scripture. No, not one last. Some, some other scripture. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You there? Uh, Revelations. Go far, far, far to Revelations. Revelations. <clears throat> Verse chapter 19, we there? Chapter 19, Revelations. Thank you, Jesus. You there? Must be an avenue through which God releases His mind. That's why a person does not need to be a prophet in order for them to prophesy. You see, the 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 the, the prophetic grace, the prophetic gift, the prophetic anointing is a very strange anointing because there are elements within the prophetic sphere that any Christian can access pursue love and desire that you may what? prophesy desire that you may what? You won't, he, he, is a, he, he won't tell you something for which you have an inability to do so it's that he says desire to prophesy says there is something within your spirit an ability within your spirit that can access 
that operation of the Spirit of God. So the, 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 the prophetic environment in the Spirit is, has been made by God so that every one of His people can access it. It's important. So if you can hear God, you can prophesy. So the, the contingency of the prophetic function is the ability to hear God. The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Can you see that? So every one of us is admonished by the Spirit to ascend in our spiritual walk. That we may develop the inclination of the voice of the Father. Because in that voice is the plan of God. In that voice is the purposes of God. In that voice is what God seeks to establish. So Moses says, I wish that all God's people were prophets. What a statement. I wish. What did he experience in the prophetic that would make him desire that all of God's people should now become also prophets. The problem is that we have lived in a generation where the prophetic uh, operation has been uh, 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 corrupted. But there is the true and genuine. And it is based on what? What God says. What God says. But there is also there is also a, a, a detail within this prophetic function that can help us decode or discern the source of any prophecy. So even though all men can prophesy, God has not left us without parameters. To help us analyze and criticize the prophetic function within his body and in the world. So a man may prophesy, even though the prophecy may be true, we can tell that that is a lie, even though the prophecy is true. Because truth is not defined by the correctness of the statement, by whether or not it has been endorsed by God. So if God has spoken, the prophecy is from God. But you can prophesy and you speak a lie. Even though what you are saying is true. Uh, what do you mean? So what is important about prophecy is one thing. The source. What's important about prophecy is the source. But how can we tell the source of the prophecy? says there are many voices there are many voices and all of them are not without significance so how, how do we tell this is god hallelujah so you can listen to anybody prophesy and immediately you know false spirit lying spirit you will know Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chapter 19, verse 9. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are called to the merry supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And John says this, And I fell at his feet to worship him. Now, John has seen Jesus. Correct? He has seen Jesus. He was, in chapter 1, he was prostrating before Jesus. He was talking to Jesus. Now, he encounters in the spirit an angelic being. And in, be, because of, of the greatness of this, the revelation that he communicates to John, the Bible says, and John says he fell down to worship him. Why would John now want to worship somebody that is not Jesus? Because the Bible tells us that this was not Jesus. Correct? So, who was it that John would want to worship? Now, this is, this is a very important question because John, John knew Jesus when he was alive. He saw him in his revelation. But now he's worshiping an angel. Has something went wrong with John? No. It points out to something about the form that this spirit possessed. The form that he had seemed to emanate Christ Jesus. Now, if, 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 if that is the case, that this form that John was bowing down to, that in his mind he thought that this was Jesus, it tells us that whoever was talking to John, was not an angel because the angel never took up the image of Christ. Only man took up the image of Christ. So he says, and I fell at his feet to worship him. Yeah. But he said to me, see that you do not, see that you do not do that. I am what? Oh. Oh. He says, I am your what? An associate. Mm -hmm. I am your colleague. Now, you, he, you can't say that that is an angel talking to him. He says, I am your fellow servant. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen to this. And of your brethren. So, your brethren is not the angels. Your brethren is men. And of, I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh. And of, and of your brethren who have the testimony. Who is this one? That has the testimony of Jesus. He's telling you about something. That there's a graduation in the spirit. That you can grow in your walk. I'm talking about in the spirit. That your form becomes like Christ. Because this person that was talking to John, his form had become like, had become Christ-like. Because John was even deceived to begin to worship him. And you know, I'm your fellow servant. And 
of your brethren the prophets who have the testimony of Jesus Christ remember what Jesus said I'm in Revelation chapter 1 the revelation of Jesus Christ whom God gave to show unto his servants he sent and signified it by his what angel to John so whoever was giving this revelation to John was what an angel it says he's his angel he's angel. he who's angel Jesus is angel now what are angels? Angels are servants. Their primary role is to serve the king. But there is an angel called his, his servant. His servant. His angel. He calls that angel his angel. His angel. In other words, that angel specially serves Jesus for the purpose of what? The revelation of Christ to his servants. Is only one man who qualifies for that role. I'll leave it there. <laughs> you see, the Bible was written in such a way that God intentionally, intentionally made it that for you to really understand, you must follow the Spirit. He says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. The letter kills. Can you see that? So whatever we read there, there is a true form of it in the spirit. That gives life. Do you understand that? Death gives life. So that's why many people read the Bible and read the Bible. They die, they become sick. Why? Because there's no life. Only the Spirit imparts the life. So he says to him, worship God. Worship. Now he says, your brethren, your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is what? The Spirit of prophecy. So his brethren were who? The prophets. Because they had the spirit of prophecy. So there were prophets. Let's validate that, right? But I want to come back there. But let's validate this. Is that fine? Okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> chapter 12. You'll see it now. 
Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of... Yeah? I fell down and worshiped before the feet of... Mm. Wow. Who's saying this again? The second time he's bowing down and worshiping. Do you, do you see that? Says I fell down before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. So whatever was going on from Genesis chapter 4 and the Revelation chapter 4, right to that point, it was an angel communicating the revelation of Jesus to him. And if you read the book of Revelation, you will find out that whatever John wrote is not the This thing is incomplete. It's not completed. Revelation is not completed. Because the Bible says that John only started writing about what? The seven seals and the scroll. Everything we see from chapter 4 right to chapter 22 is about the seals and the scrolls. So there is an incompleteness. Why? Because the revelation was not supposed to be given to John alone, but to his servants. The Lord God does nothing except he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So there is a dimension of people that God is preparing in these last days to reveal to them the revelation of Jesus. Now, when you read the book of Revelations, you found that the book of Revelation had to do with the end times, had to do with things that have been concealed in the heavens that were supposed to be revealed in the near future. He said, write the things which you have heard concerning what? Things which were and which are and which are to come. So the, 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 the constitution of this revelation consists of things that were things that are and things that are to come. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, John is, is, is sort of like the prototype, the first fruit of the revelation because the Bible says he sent and signified it. So he put a stamp on what? On the entirety of the revelation that he will reveal to his servants. Servants whom God has watched given to show unto his servants, not John, his servants. So Revelation chapter 1 to chapter 22 is an incomplete book because there are still servants that rose and are still rising to what? To carry out the revelation. In chapter, in chapter 10, when you read chapter 10, the Bible says, John heard seven thunders and he was about to write what the seven thunders said. And the voice said, do not write what was in the seventh thunder. So whatever is in the seventh thunder is concealed up until now. So John heard what the seventh thunder said. The thunders, he heard what the thunder said. But that he should write it, it was not permitted him. Why? Because it was not a revelation that was meant for him to write and to reveal. So this angel, this angel, this angel is showing John all these things. So Jesus sends an angel. Whenever he wants to give a revelation of himself, of his secrets, he sends an angel. That's why when he gave the messages, he gave the message to the angel of the churches. So he, there is an angel that is in charge of the secrets of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And God has, has been sending that angel all over the earth, seeking for his servant. Those who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 
So he bows down to this angel who showed him all these things. Right? Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am, a, for I am, a, for I am your what? Your fellow and of your brethren. Now he says it plainly. Then he says of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now he says and of your brethren the prophets. And those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Therefore he said do not seal my desert. Do not seal. Do not close the words of the prophecy of this book. For the time is at hand. He said do not close it. Daniel was told to seal the book. John is told not to seal the book because it is still being written. That's why every church has been given an angel that carries messages from the Spirit of God concerning the state of the church, the state of God's plans, the state of what He wants to establish. The problem with ministries and churches is that we are not God conscious. We are not, the, we're not kingdom conscious. We are conscious about our gift. And that has been the problem, the handicap to the body of Christ. We have been, we have been whitewashed by the distraction of the gifts. So because we are gifted, we think all that is all there is. Because we don't understand that the gift serves, they are mere instruments. Let's go back to chapter 19. He says, for the testimony of Jesus, can you see that? Is the spirit of prophecy. So you can put it this way. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So this is how you can discern the source of every prophetic utterance, operation, or function. It must glorify Jesus. It must testify of Jesus. It is the testimony of Jesus Christ that is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the, 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 the purpose of the function of the spirit of prophecy is to, what? is to testify about Jesus and exalt him. So that angel was a prophet. Because the Lord God does nothing except he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. The angel said, I'm one of your fellow servants. Then he said, I'm your brethren, the prophets. That angel is a prophet. A prophet that holy cruise the Baha'i. He's a prophet. There are only two prophets that never died. He's one of them. And it can only be one. Only, they can only be one. Because it is this one that even saw the Lord coming. Enoch, the seventh from Adam. This is the one that has been given charge of the secret of the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
And where we are now in the, in, the, in the dispensation of the move of God is that God is trying to raise up a generation of Enoch's men and women who walk upright and who walk with God. Men who seek after God. Men whose number one priority is to know God. That is the generation that will have the revelation of Jesus Christ. spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So God wants us to prophesy. God wants us to prophesy. To prophesy his plan. To prophesy his mind. To prophesy his revelation. His intent for our lives. God wants us to prophesy. So the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, change the Friday meetings into prophetic services. So our Friday services will no longer just be prayer only, but it will be prophetic services. A place where we will speak the mind of God concerning the nations, concerning our lives, concerning the destiny and affairs of things in the kingdom of God. For the Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So we will start prophesying more and more and more what thus says the Lord in our Friday services. But what we're going to do is very unique. Alright, let me show you something. Lamentations. Chapter 2. Strange things are about to happen. You know, the Lord is, is giving us a very peculiar grace in this ministry. And it requires brokenness to access it. It requires brokenness. The way up is down. Are you hearing me? The way up is down. So he is revealed where he wants to take us. That should tell us how low we must go. How low we must go. So the Spirit of God wants to break us until we become the kind of people that he wants to use. Yes. Strong foundations. Hallelujah. I feel that anointing so strong. Zayek transotrelek testrosa praklere kosom farakien jo protectai. Shelendo gredik nanan kloro chele pradefre strate straneman jele brahate. Have I found a people in you, says the Spirit of God? Have I found a people who will seek my face? even at the cost of their own conveniences? Have I found a people who are willing to leave their places of comfort, who are willing to leave their secure places, to go out into the realm of the unknown, unknown to them, not to me, 
for that is the realm that I reserve for those who will truly seek my face. For ye unto such a people I will give a heart to know me. I will give them a heart that will seek after my face, a heart that will love me and know me. Unto them I will make myself bare. I'll reveal and manifest myself and show them the secrets of my treasuries. For yes, says the Spirit of God, I've been searching throughout the earth, looking for sons and daughters, men and women who would carry this grace of the end times, a grace that very few throughout the generations have had, a grace that very few have received upon themselves. It is a mantle, a mantle that gives them access, a cloak that grants them access, into the deep, deep, deep places. The deep, deep, deep places. Oh, where are those with hollow hearts? Where are those with hollow hearts? Empty hearts waiting to be filled. I have said that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I am looking for those who are desirous, the hungry, those who are willing to forsake all and lay a hold of me. For ye look, the hour in which I shall come and take my bride is clear and is near. But before that, my wise virgins shall rise. <laughs> Those who have been wise enough to buy oil. <laughs> Those who have been wise enough to spend time in the chambers of the secret places of the Lord. Those who have been wise to set a time to seek my face and know my ways. I am calling you. I am calling you. Sarele Sontra Rakabale Shothradiya and I'm pouring upon you Yengasa the mantle of hunger. Ooh Jesus. Oh everyone that wears this mantle shall find themselves hungry and hungry for the Lord. I feel thirsty hearts. I feel longing souls. Ai klombege sotraga le manji prate da glaya som farlete shepragata krakalia manjabra de kanonse. I have removed everything that would distract you from my life. You have asked for certain things. I've withhold them, not because I did not want to give them to you, but I knew that these things will serve as hindrances, things that will stop you from going after me. Now that you are at a place, the wilderness where you are without, I am your only hope. Cry aloud and I shall hear your voice, says the Spirit of God. And I'll answer you. And Pores Damangrisha. Thank you, Lord. Ananda Sudriya. Yeah, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Lamentation chapter 2, verse 17. And then we'll go home. Verse 17. The Lord has done what he has purposed. He has fulfilled his word. Verse 19. Arise, cry out in the night, 
at the beginning of the watches pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord lift your hands towards him for the life of your young children who faint from hunger at the head of every street it says cry out in the night at the beginning of the watch at the beginning of the watches at the beginning the significance there is at the beginning of the watches says in the night at the beginning of the watches there are there are the watches are watches are a period of time remember when jesus said could watch with me an hour so a watch is an hour right says could you not what i mean a watch is 3 hours that's a watch it's 3 hours so in the day there are four watches in the night there are four watches are you following me the night begins at 6 p.m. That's when the first watch begins. That's how the Jews' calendar operates. All right, the next day for them begins at 6 p.m. The beginning of the watches is from 6 to 9. So every Friday in our prophetic and prayer service, we will conduct a three-hour prophetic and prayer service at the beginning of the watches the Lord will begin to speak to us he wants to talk he wants to talk not just through me but through everybody through everybody so that's what we're going to do in our Friday services and then once a month every Saturday evening we will have lingering sessions. These are worship sessions. We will come and just linger in the presence of God. God wants to show us his glory. He wants to manifest his glory to us. But we must saturate ourselves in worship in his presence. So we say linger uh, uh, night because we're just going to stay in God's presence. We don't do any much preaching. All we'll be doing is coming together and just worship the Lord. So I'm saying 6, I don't know when. We might end at 7, at 9, at 10, at 1. Whatever time it is, we will seek the Lord and wait in His presence. Let me tell you what will begin to happen in our lives, in your own spiritual life as we convene like this together. You will find that a oneness in the spirit is produced. And not only that, you will find in your life God's presence and God's glory becoming more and more real. More and more real. More and more real. More and more real. So we will have those linger sessions. We will just come and worship the Lord. I will talk to the worship team and I'll start training them on dimensions of worship. Because there's a place, you know, I feel it in my spirit. There's, there's a place that God has given us access to. And we, we, must, we must make the journey into it. And I feel that when we reach that place in our lives, that saturation place in our lives, so much will make sense, so much will become clear, so much will be unfolded as to the intents of the Father 
for our lives. So we must, and it's a way for us to create more hunger and more desire for the Lord. All right, so once a month, I will tell you the first day uh, for the linger sessions. And then obviously we also have our prayer rallies once a month. So uh, let's prepare our hearts, prepare our spirits to serve the Lord in worship, to serve the Lord in praise, to serve the Lord in prayer, and to serve the Lord with our hearts and with our lives. So we give you thanks, we give you praise, our Father, for you have opened to us new wells from which we can draw from. And we are very, very grateful and excited for what you have in store for us. We stand in anticipation and expectation of all that the good Lord has for us. We want to taste, we want to experience, we want to encounter. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your grace fall upon us. Seal the word of God over our lives. By the power of the Holy Spirit, usher us into dimensions, into realms, and into places where you desire for us to walk. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys. Uh, see you guys on Sunday.